1: So all the bumper stickers that you put on your card will not make you a Christian stating that you're a Christian. All the the Jesus junk and jewelry and all the different kind of t-shirts that you wear, as great as that might be to be a witness, does not necessarily mean that you are a blood-bought, born-again believer in Christ. So it needs to be authentic faith. Well, Let's go to number two. Real faith is not just something we say, but it's also not something that you just feel. And this is found in verses 15 through 17. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. There are a lot of people today that will confuse emotions with authentic faith. They can jump up and down, clap their hands. But just the emotional experience of something that happens to them does not necessarily mean it was an authentic conversion experience. One of the ways that we can demonstrate outwardly what happened inwardly is not so much that we sing all the right worship songs or necessarily that we attend all the services. It's what we do to reach out with other people. Remember our main thought here is that our intimacy with the Lord will fuel our outreach with the Lord. You cannot be intimate with the Lord if you're not connecting to the Lord God's way, which is by faith alone in Christ. Now when you do that, that begins your journey of intimacy. It goes back to the fact says it, I believe it. It's all real. And so that's true. I'm reminded of this comic strip where Charlie Brown is with Linus and they're looking out through this window that's got all this steam and fog on it and they're peering out where the snow is swirling around Snoopy in front of his doghouse and there's an empty dog bowl out there. And So Charlie Brown looks at Linus and says, you know, we need to go do something. So he goes outside into the snow and he comes up to Snoopy and says, hey, Snoopy, be of good cheer and they go back into the house again. (laughs) There are a lot of Christians that will do that. Some of the ways that we demonstrate our faith is by what we do on the outside. Now, I want you to be very careful. God does not call us to be fruit inspectors. I know the verses, you will know them by their fruit. You need to take that back into context. That's talking about another time in history. It's not talking about us. So I don't look at you. And just because you live right, oh, they must be a Christian because they carry the right Bible, they do all of this stuff. So outwardly you might have all the trappings of it. That does not indicate that you're a Christian. Here's why. So you can't just look at how a person feels or how they look to determine whether they're a Christian. It's got to be inside. Now, when you hear that, you're saying, so since it doesn't matter how we look, whether we do it or not, I'm going to go ahead and live as I please. God doesn't say that. He just says, don't be someone else's fruit inspector. But for us, though, we need to be walking clean with the Lord. And that's why this passage is so important. Look at 1 John 3, 17. It says, if anyone has material possessions, and then he sees his brother in need, but he has no pity on him. How can he love God or how can the love of God be inside of him? So some are better at verbalizing their faith. Than practicing it. And God wants us to practice our faith. So real faith is not saying the right things. And it's not feeling the right things. It's demonstrating it out. But number three. Real faith is not just something you think. It's not just a mental thing. And here's what you'll read. It says. But someone will say. You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. That's an interesting passage of scripture. But it's really kind of showing the debates going on here. An intellectual trip is happening. I'm into works. And you're in the faith. So let's talk about this thing. You got your faith. And I'll be tolerant of it, and I have my works, you be tolerant of me, so you go your way, I go my way, that's okay. There are people that are probably going to listen to this message today and say, Boy, that pastor is all jazzed up on something. He's making much ado about nothing. It really doesn't matter whether you have faith in Christ or you do good works, you have faith and works, it doesn't matter as long as we all end up in the same place, which is heaven. As long as we're sincerely going up this mountain, it doesn't matter which path that we really take. I shared this before, but it's such a great illustration. Curtis Hudson, who is now home to be with the Lord, a former postman who fell in love with the Lord and pastored one of the greatest churches in Georgia. He said, You remember when he first got saved, he lived out his Christianity, even in the postal system. Now he didn't jump up and down and put tracks in everybody's mailboxes, but he lived a life. And one lady said, You know what? Going to heaven is just like going to the post office. You can go to the post office, Taking the boulevard. You can take the, the street over here. You can come in the back. It doesn't really matter. All these streets over here, they'll all get you to the post office. That's just like going to heaven. He said, the only problem is, none of those streets will get you to heaven. They'll just get you to the post office. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So real faith in front of others. Needs to be visible. Now the Lord is so gracious. Here's a phrase, biblical scripture: God looks upon the heart; man looks on the outward. We believe in the Lord with our heart; it's an inward thing. Now we manifest it by what we do outwardly. We don't do it the two to go together; they're separated. And so this whole debate over it's by works, grace, and works—it it does matter. It is by faith alone. Let me show you an illustration up here. I do it a couple times a year. Those of you who are new, jot this down. Those of you who have seen this illustration, please use it. It's a wonderful way when you want to confirm what a person is doing to trust Christ. Can you look up here? It's not on the screen. I'm going to draw my invisible doors up here. Door number one, door number two, door number three. It's almost like, what's what's that TV? Let's make a deal or something. All right, door one, door two, door three. Follow with me. Door number one, if you open this door, Will you open up and be in heaven? On the outside of that door, it says good deeds. Draw the second door. You open up that door. Will that door open up into heaven? On this door, the label says faith in Christ and good deeds. You go to the third door, open up that door. Will that get you into heaven? On that door is a sign that says faith in Jesus Christ. So this one says good deeds. This one says faith in good deeds. This one says, faith alone. All right, so you have three doors. Now, when you're talking to someone and you're maybe at lunch or at a restaurant, grab that napkin, pull out a pen, draw three doors, show it in front of them. And then you then write on those doors, good works, faith in good works, or is it faith alone? Then you tell them, check the door that they think they would walk through, but they only have the choice of one door. Now, here's your response. Should they choose door number one over here, good works? When you smile at them don't make them feel badly you want to show them love be tender be positive here's what I would say you know my friend if I was shown these three doors that would have been the first door I would have picked too and that's true I would have I would have picked the good works door because I was raised in a family that said good works would get me to heaven but if it was by good works my friend then here's an issue did Jesus need to die? why did he die then if it's by good works? we we wasted Jesus' life that was a wasted death Oh, can't be that. And then you have others that are a little bit more religious. They're going to go through the second door. And they're going to say, ah, oh, it's by faith and works. Because they always want to make sure, yeah, it's by faith. You know, Jesus is in there somewhere. But I also got to help them out. Water baptism, stopping my smoking, drinking, chewing, and all that stuff. Whatever it might be. Church membership, faith and good work. And they, they, when they do this door, notice, they'll always do this when they're done. Because <laughs> they know they got you, you. know. And then you smile at them and say, you know, that's, that is probably the most logical door that we could choose out of this would be the second one: and smile at them and compliment them on, on on that. But at the same time, say if that's the case, then what you say by that is Jesus's death on the cross wasn't good enough. We had to help him out. In other words, he just kind of did a pick job. We got to put the polish on this thing. Is that true, folks? That's like me looking at the Mona Lisa and saying, "My, that's a good." But you know what, she needs to have a dimple here, she needs a birthmark there, you know, that's what we're doing in the Mona Lisa. And Jesus is far better than the Mona Lisa. And all of a sudden are saying, that's right, I can't help out Jesus, he's God, he died, he rose again, I can't help him out, his death was sufficient. So then what do you think is the only door that's left? Door number three, faith alone in Christ. Now here's the unusual thing about Christianity. It is an inside job first. When I trust Christ, it's in my heart. I now place my faith in Him. Now, I can do a lot of outside stuff, but none of that is pre-Gospel. None of that is during Gospel, but all that is post-salvation. I got saved right here in my heart, right then and there. It's an inside job. It's also an inside job because God the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. He doesn't attach Himself to me and kind of pull me along in my Christian life. He comes inside of me to empower me, to prompt me, to convict me, to teach me, and to seal me so I will never lose it. See, it's an inside job, and that's the faith alone. But that's where everybody gets messed up then because they think, that's just too easy. That's just easy believism. I'm going to tell you, that's really hard to do because a lot of people want to put grace and works together because it kind of makes it sound a little bit better. The Lord doesn't need a good life from us as a way to get saved. We do the good life just to say thank you for saving us. So it's not just what you think. So it's not what you say. It's not what you feel, real faith is also not what you think, and it's not what you believe. Now that sounds scary when I say that, it's not what you believe. Look at verse 19, it says, you believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe, and they tremble. Now there are a lot of people today that have strong beliefs about God. One of their comments often goes like this, how do you know you're going to heaven? I believe in God. Are you a Christian? Yes. How do you know? I believe in God. Now, when they say that, it's often a very safe answer. I believe in God. But in your mind, you're going to let the Spirit of God bring this verse back to you when it says, whoa, the devils believed, they trembled. It doesn't say the devils believed about God and they got saved. It just says the devils believed and they shook, they quaked, they trembled. Like reading a Stephen King novel kind of thing going on. But that doesn't mean that they place their faith in Jesus Christ, who is God, who died and rose again. Don't read more into that passage than it's already here. The Bible says, through Jesus again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto God but through me. So believing in God doesn't save anybody. Now that shocks you. Now that's not saying that you're believing that Jesus is less than God. You're not saying that you believe that Jesus is merely a good, great, religious man that gets you into heaven. You must believe Jesus is God. But merely believing in God, that he exists, that he's the man upstairs, is not going to get you into heaven. But you must believe that Jesus Christ is Almighty God. Now let me see if I can make some sense out of that. But this is a chair. What I'm now going to explain to you is saving faith. Because since we're talking about real faith, what's real faith? It really comprises three important elements. You leave any one of these out, you don't have real faith. Then I'm going to tell you how you demonstrate real faith. So we're going to let this chair represent exactly that, a chair. Now, I'm a Martian. I just came to this planet. (laughs) And I'm looking at this object over here, and I don't know anything about it. So now you come alongside, and you say, You know what, Martian man, this is a chair. And this chair was specifically designed to cause you to relax by sitting in it. And I'm scratching my head and you said, yep, that was designed to help you relax by sitting in it. I would never place myself in that chair to relax in that chair if, number one, I didn't have accurate information. So the first part about faith is I must know it or I must hear accurate truth about it. Let's talk about salvation. In order for me to go to heaven, my first part of faith is I have to hear that Jesus is God, that I'm a sinner, I cannot work my way to heaven, I'm destined to spend eternity separated from him in a horrible place called hell, and that no good deeds will get me into heaven, that Jesus died for all my sin, and by me placing my faith in Christ, I can have eternal life. I have to hear the message. And so missionaries are going all over the world and all over the community here, telling people how they can have eternal life, so that at least they have part one of three parts of faith. They've heard the truth. Here's the second part. I can hear that information, but that doesn't mean I have to believe that it's accurate. It could be accurate. You're giving it to me accurately, but that doesn't mean I believe it is truth. So part number two is, now I believe that's true. That is a chair. You're right. In fact, I've seen lots of people sit in that chair. In fact, I see people, when they've been standing a long time, they want to sit down to Relax. And they've sat there for a while and I see them smile in that chair. That is really a chair and that's what it's designed for. Now, here's my question. Am I trusting this chair to hold me up? Yes or no? Come on. Yes or no? No, not yet. I know it. I heard the information. Part one. I now truly believe it's true. That's part two. Now, that's the fifth part now of our outline, though, and that is real faith does something. And I'm going to split that into two hairs in a second here. Real faith does something. Here's the first part of what it does. It talks about Abraham. Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. That's found in Genesis 15, years before we found out what he had to do. Now, let's go back a little bit further. Rahab, the same way. She heard about Yahweh. And who Yahweh was and what Yahweh, Jesus, Jehovah, God can do, she believed in the reality of it, so then she demonstrated it by her life. Both of them had an inner faith or an inner belief that there was this God and who He claimed to be, be. truth. Now let's go back to this chair. So now I know that this chair is a chair. I know that this chair is to hold me up and I believe it. It was designed that way. I can even tell you all about it. Now watch what I'm doing. I am now going to place my faith, my commitment in this chair. I'm committing myself to this chair to hold me up. Am I doing that right now? No, No, I'm not doing that because if one of you jokers came up here and you kicked this chair out, that's okay because I still got my weight on my other leg over here so I won't totally go down. Now on the other hand, if I get in this chair and I stand on this chair like this, Am I fully placing my complete trust? I am committing my weight. I'm committing my safety. I'm committing my upright future to this chair to hold me up. Now, did I clean up? Did I take a shower to get in this chair? Did I get baptized to get in this chair? Did I read the Bible to get in this chair? I just took your, you at your word that this was a chair and I placed my faith in it. I'm depending on this chair to hold me up. I did this illustration in front of the youth one. And it was on a metal folding chair. I'll never, never, never do that as an illustration again. The room was packed, wall-to-wall kids, and they all sat on the floor, and there was this gal that was in the, right here in front of me. This is a true story. Carol was there, and she just kind of jiggled the leg over here. You don't do that with someone standing on a folding chair because that sucker folded right up. And I really did see my world flash in front of me. I was grabbing lampshades and I was grabbing the, the drapes to try to and she was now yelling, Oh no, he's coming down, he's coming down, you know, and I did. I did, I landed right there. Why did I tell you that last little bit? Is because if Jesus wasn't the rock and he didn't hold us up, it would just take anything to shake him. And we really would come down. But he's the rock, nothing. Not all the bastion of hell and all the secular world views will ever knock Jesus Christ off his throne of being the Lord God Almighty, our Savior. And that's why I, I fully trust in him. Let's go back to this passage here, if you will. We'll make some sense out of it, I trust. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made mature. In this case, it would be the word complete. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see, then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise was not Rahab, the harlot, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also useless. Now, the question is, where is it useless? Is it useless before God or useless before man? Now, the Holy Spirit has chosen to take two Old Testament wonderful leaders there. One was Abraham and Rahab. I I thought about this a long time. Why in the world... Did the Lord choose Abraham out of all the Old Testament figures? And then why did he choose Rahab out of all the other Old Testament figures? I come to this conclusion. I think he did it because Abraham was a man, Ruth was a woman. Abraham was a patriarch of the Jewish uh, nation, and Rahab was a prostitute. Abraham was a Jew, Rahab was a Gentile. Abraham was somebody, Rahab was really a nobody. Abraham was well-known, Tremendous legacy, and Rahab up to that time was a minor Bible character. Now, you see how different they are, but watch this. They both got saved the same way, by placing their faith in Jehovah Yasha, God who saves. They both then had their faith complete when they lived it out by a changed life. Why does it say complete? Now, my faith to go into heaven is completed the moment I've trusted Christ as Savior. At that very moment the Holy Spirit comes inside of me, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. At that very moment I'm sealed forever, it's a sealed deal with Him. Now that's my complete with God to get to heaven. Now for you to know that I've trusted Christ as my Savior, the operative word in that whole context is the one word, three letter word, see. You will see. My faith by my works. So now if I'm going to be an authentic Christian inside, satisfied with God, outside by my works, they both go together. So now I trust Christ and I'm saved by faith and the Lord smiles. But at the same time, he wants me to live good deeds. The good deeds doesn't help me get saved. I'm not Kept saved by that, but now the Lord is smiling because he says, Ah, now you've got it all together, Stan. You've done the right stuff on the inside, and now you're living it out on the outside. Now here's a question that I think each one of you could answer. How many of you know people today that have put off coming to Christ because they have been around so-called Christians who let others think they were Christians but live like Christians? H-E double hockey sticks. How many of them you invited to church here but will not come to this religious experience of church because they've been around other people who said they were Christians that lived a hypocritical life? And here's a question. How many of you, by the grace of God, had that same feeling, but somehow you stepped over that obstacle and you still came to Christ, but it was a long time in coming because you just thought Christians were shallow hypocritical, indifferent. And here's what I'd like to say. For those of you who are Christians now, let us now not be the kind of person that turn your friend off to the message of the gospel. Jimmy Carter, for whatever you want to think of him, wrote a book. And in that book, someone came to him and shared a thought with him that said that changed his life. And here's what he, here's what he heard. Jimmy, if you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Is there something in your life right now that doesn't match up to the inward faith in Christ that you need to get right with God? Are you becoming the laughing stock of Christianity? And I'm not condemning, I'm not pointing fingers. Here's what I believe. I believe you hate it when you do this and you find yourself losing your temper, swearing, lying, ogling other people, manipulating, intimidating, whatever you do, that you know it's not right and you hate yourself for doing that. For that moment, that might be one of the ways to show you that you really are a Christian. The Spirit's inside of you, tugging you, prompting you, pushing you, prodding you, and you still do it. Why don't you let it today, give it all up, get all in and go all out for God. When you're prompted with that, walk away from that crowd. Don't laugh at that joke. Don't pick up that item. Don't gossip. Don't criticize. Be humble. When you're prompted to give or to serve or to help or to send or to smile or to carry, you do that. Especially, especially, especially when it really costs you something. That's authentic Christianity. And then to the other group here, if some of you have... Wanted to go to heaven so badly that you do anything. You'll grab any straw that's thrown to you as you're drowning out in the ocean. The straw of Christ. A straw of good works. A straw of water baptism. A straw of the commandments. And you're going to do it all. I want you to know they're straws. The only one who is the Savior is Jesus Christ. And maybe today you finally realized it's not door number one good works. Yep, it's not door number two, faith and good works. Now it finally makes sense. I just, I just didn't understand. What about the works? I know it's not of works. I know it's a faith, but I know I have to be good, so I guess I've got to be good to go to heaven. Now I understand it's only by faith alone that gets me into heaven. And I live my good life as an outward show of an inward no. For those of you that have not fully and completely trusted in Christ alone for your salvation, would you do that? Would you simply say, Lord, I'm a sinner, but the best know how I'm accepting the payment Christ made for me on the cross. I'm coming to you by faith alone. Yes, I am now going to walk through door number three so I can have eternal life by faith alone. And so, Lord, I'm doing what you told me in scripture. I'm calling upon you to be my savior. I'm believing in my heart, my mind. I heard the truth. I believe it is truth. And now I am putting my complete faith in you, in you alone. It came together. There was like a crescendo in my mind. I finally can understand the difference between grace and works and grace and grace and works. That I now know salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone.